I am operating machinery. <laughs> I'm I'm operating a forklift right now. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies, gentlemen, everybody in between. But today, especially for the ladies, welcome back. We have a very, very special, an historic episode, if you will, of Bands, Beers, and Buzzwords. Uh, we have partnered with uh, the Barstool Sports Call Her Daddy podcast <laughs> to bring in <laughs> our very first female guest. Welcome, Sophia Farino. Hi. I guess I do. Sh- I do share the same name as the call her daddy, Sophia, right? So do you really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I've never actually a- listened to call her daddy. Oh, I've. I mean, I've listened to like a few episodes here and there. It's. It's a little scary. I was gonna uh. say, assuming it's it's barstool sports, <laughs> and and judging by the friends of mine that send me clips of it, I assume it's not very uh, progressive. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I mean, I could say I could say a lot about it. I don't know if they're if that girl. I think now it's just one girl. I don't know if she's doing it ironically or. I don't know, but don't listen to that for actual advice, people. Does does That's call her daddy does call her daddy pass the vegetal test? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> because because they're just talking about men the whole time. So like, no, definitely not. Beautiful, beautiful review. <laughs> I like it. Um, Sophia, you're not here to talk about men. You actually are here to talk about men. A group of men. What uh, album did you choose? Um, I chose Ghostface Killa and Bad Bad Not Good Sour Soul. Yes. Which has a piece of my heart for some reason. It's so good. It's such a cool record. I'm so glad you chose okay, this it, one. It was, I, I didn't know I didn't know if you had heard it or not. Um and I also like don't know if you listen to a lot of rap, but obviously I know that you know bad bad not good so i was like really interested to see what you had to say about it yeah that's the thing i don't i really don't listen to a lot of hip-hop rap um i had a guest on uh, a couple episodes ago jordan who did um a future album which was super interesting because that's so uh squarely in the like trap genre yeah. but similar yeah. to this record he had some really big names on it and i actually enjoyed listening to it because it it did kind of show me some different sides of future and and things that i didn't really expect um but let's do this before we get any deeper into the record i want to shout out a couple of uh socials and stuff um this podcast of course is brought to you by redefining records the music blog uh go on instagram follow them for updates on this pod as well as our sister pod uh sounds for thought uh follow me on instagram too delta dagger music i post updates for this pod there as well as uh i don't know like personal music stuff occasional music memes um sophia do you have any socials you want to shout out um I guess my only socials would be my Instagram because 
I'm not, I don't know. I'm not an artist or I don't know. You can cut this out. Um, my Instagram is at DJ Double Denim. The first O is actually the number zero. There's no spaces. Yes. That's my I was gonna Instagram. Say, I was going to say, too, if you're like an indie artist listening to this, I assume most people listening to this are somewhat musically inclined. Um, if you're an indie musician listening to this, seriously check out Sophia's page. Um, check out my page, too, if you like kind of the couple weeks leading up to and including my latest album release if that material looks cool to you Sophia did all of that uh she super helped me out with that um I I don't know if you like offer your services to other people too but uh if you're an indie artist looking for somebody to like promote your music and like uh Sophia like she's super humble but she super knows like what goes on under the hood of Instagram Spotify kind of all these different things uh in a way that I didn't know even existed so um she can do some cool stuff. Oh for my you, so, gosh. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. You flatter me. Oh, well, wow. You, you, you flattered me with the cool stuff you did for my Instagram. So there you go. Um, let's jump into music news. Woo-hoo. There's, there's a theme that I'm going to put in there. Um, okay. a little music, music cue. <laughs> Okay, uh, today, today in music news, um, I debated doing this one because it's kind of sad, but it's like by far and away the biggest music news today. Uh, today is the 40th anniversary of a famous uh, Plastic Ono Band member, John Lennon, uh, being shot by a deranged fan outside of his New York City apartment. Um, he, oh, uh, wow. Was t- yeah, today is the anniversary of that. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he um, was reading Spectre the Rye, wasn't he? His or... shooter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Mark David Chapman, uh, yes. probably the, the cringiest assassin of all time, uh, like <laughs> per- performatively pulled out his uh, dog-eared, coffee-stained uh, copy of Catcher in the Rye and was reading it over uh, John Lennon as he bled out on the ground. And uh, when I the mean, police... He just... <laughs> <laughs> when the police took him in and asked for his official statement, he he threw the book down on the table and said, this is my statement. So he was like the uh, predecessor to all of the, uh, like, we live in a society, uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker memes. So. Wow. <laughs> That's some big, big energy right there. It's like, I, I can't tell if it's big dick or if it's like kind of cringy. I don't know. I mean, I mean, no, but killing John Lennon and then saying that Catcher in the Rye is the reason you did it. Have you read Catcher I mean, in the Rye? I mean, yeah, obviously I've read Catcher in the Rye, but I remember as a kid just doing like a lot of research on John Lennon's murder. And um, I remember like my, an uncle of mine who used to work in the crime scene investigation part of uh, the police department in New York. And he said that they had John Lennon's glasses still from the shooting with blood on them. And then they also had the gun that was used to shoot him still. Like they still just have it 
in there. Walked away. Wow. That's, oh my God. That's a crazy, uh, that's a crazy connection to that story. I, I had no idea. That's a, that's a really uh, serendipitous connection there. That's wild. Um, what's funny too, is it's, um, kind of a serendipitous lead in as well to our music here. Cause that took place on the streets of Shaolin, right? Like New York city. Um, probably not okay. Staten Island, but, uh, I think John Lennon no. lived in a nicer, uh, I don't know exactly where his apartment was, but probably not Staten Island. Um, but violence on the streets no. of New York city. Um, let's talk about the yeah. album. Okay. So remind us one more time what album you chose and who it's by. I chose Sour Soul by Ghostface Killa and Bad Bad Not Good, which is a group, a jazz group from Toronto. And then obviously Ghostface Killa. We know who Ghostface Killa is from Wu-Tang. Do we? Do you want to give him a quick intro? I mean, give I, a quick intro. I mean, you can do it. I like. I honestly am not a Wu Tang listener. Uh, like, I like Jizza's Liquid Swords, and I like Ghostface Killer, but that's like basically it. So I, so you do that. I would love to hear your intro to Wu Tang and then Ghostface. Um. I don't have an intro. I was trying to bait you into our first buzzword. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, name another Wu-Tang member. So uh, did you say RZA or Jizza? Jizza, right? Jizza. Jizza. So name another Wu-Tang member. That is our first buzzword for today. So you have to take a drink for that. Um, for anyone tuning in for the first time, I will uh, take this opportunity to intro the game. Basically, I have 20 uh, buzzwords. These are words, phrases, tropes uh, that I have written down. Um, if Sophia says one, she has to take a drink. I encourage you to at home, if you're in a uh, safe and responsible place to be doing this, to grab a drink and drink along too. Uh, I'm going to take a second here and cut and let you guys hear what all the buzzwords are for this week. Uh, so that way that you can be the uh, omniscient listener you can hear when I'm maybe trying to bait her into a buzzword, but there's nothing you can do about it. Kind of fun. We're going to cut now. This week's buzzwords are name another Wu-Tang member, use an onomatopoeia, talk about your middle school music tastes, mention surfing, compare East Coast to West Coast, mention a band you have worked with, refer to an album made post-1990 as a record, Use the phrase ahead of its time. Recite lyrics. Mention pet sounds. Mention the Beatles. Say the word drink. Mention a part of a drum kit. Tell a drinking story. Describe a sound as warm. Mention a music video. Mention James Bond. Name a borough of New York City. Say vintage and say trippy. Alright, we're back. Um, also, John, I, ha- yeah. I have to tell you that I've already, I already finished my first beer. You already finished your first beer? Oh my! Yeah, dang. it was really good. What are you drinking? This what I'm drinking. Well, what I just finished was McKellar's Tiny Infinities, Infinities, Tiny Infinities, which is an 
ale aged in oak with white nectarines, and it was so good. Ooh. That sounds real. It's from Santa Barbara? Oh, Third Window. I know Third Window. No, that's the next beer I might... No, that one's a stout. Yeah, do you want to try this? No, I don't want a stout. Do you want to be able to go off? Do I want... <laughs> an IPA, a triple IPA, Ooh, this one's good, a or a hoppy saison. <laughs> saison. Saison. Which one? Okay. So Give it to me. My my butler is bringing me my beverage. Your butler, yes. Uh, Thank you. We're. Uh, I'm. I'm drinking a. I'm actually pouring up more right now. I poured uh, two, now three, Corona Hard Seltzer mango flavors into a gigantic uh, insulated coffee tumbler, and then I poured some Bacardi in with it. That's what I'm drinking tonight. Wait, are you seriously drinking that? I'm dead serious. Corona Seltzer with Bacardi? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, oh my uh, God. I'm, it's really good. It's really good. It's it's quite uh, it's quite fresh and uh, subtle in its its flavor. It's like a uh, the uh, thinking man's mai tai. It's gonna get you hammered in one second. I freaking hope so, dude. <laughs> I need to catch up. Okay, beer number two. We have um, Little Beast Brewing from Portland, Oregon. We have the Wolf Camp. Coffee saison, and it's delicious. That's dope. I love to hear it. Um, Sophia, why did you pick this album? Um, I try to think about how this album came into my life, and honestly, I can't. I can't remember the specifics. 2015, I was a freshman in college. I somehow owned the vinyl of this album. And I don't know how I came into possession of it. (laughs) I really like don't know. I don't know like when the first time I heard it was and then maybe I went and bought it or I can't remember, but I just, it's just been like ever since I've heard it, it's been in my mind as like one of the best albums I've ever listened to. Like it's always been one of those great albums in my mind, you know? Yeah. Um, I see what so, you're saying. And I, yeah, and honestly it was like weirdly one of the first albums that I like <laughs> put on the record player and like read the lyrics along to it like I listened to the whole album through and I read the lyrics on the sleeve um throughout the whole album and that was kind of like my first time doing that I guess as a music listener um yeah I don't know it's just like it it holds a special place in my heart I don't know I just really love it yeah, you mentioned that that some of the lyrics kind of uh, resonated with you. If you could choose, like, not necessarily your favorite, but if you could think of one off the top of your head that really kind of stuck with you, what what would one of those be? 
Okay, well, <laughs> I act like lyrically, lyrically, I don't think this album is, I mean, like, it's, it's great, like, the lyrics are great, but it's nothing, it's not like To Pimp a Butterfly, you know, it's not, it doesn't have a huge political, I mean, I guess it does if, if, I mean, just in the overall theme, and then, I mean, you could go even deeper into, like, record labels and like white people like perpetuating this like these themes of what it means to be a quote-unquote gangster and pimp and things like that but I mean (laughs) one lyric that I love is Danny Brown in Six Degrees (laughs) he says both hands crusty need a lot of lotion that shit don't matter when I mix the color ocean <laughs> has always remained like one of my favorite lyrics <laughs> of all time. Well, and then... we... <laughs> Haven't we all been there, <laughs> fellas? Uh, I'm going to stop you real I'm... quick. <laughs> I'm going to stop you there real quick. Recite lyrics is one of the buzzwords. So that is a drink for you. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm about to recite some more lyrics because there's, okay. So here's what I'm saying. Like these lyrics mm-hmm. are nothing. They're no like, I like what's the yeah no you're good speak on it whatever you whatever you think about the lyrics yeah because I had I I had read too a a little bit of criticism for this album was that the lyrics like Ghostface Killer kind of like stayed in his box a little bit yeah Um, like that that is something that I had read yeah they're they're a little shallow they're not they're not hitting on some like deep themes that I think you really could get into but at the same time like there's nothing wrong with just making an album with some like amazing catchy lyrics that rhyme and just work really well like another one I have and okay also there like you can you can listen to these lyrics and there's like pop culture references like there's um a reference to America's Next Top Model season two or season three, it might be, um, when he said, drunk driving in the charger with a big titty bitch looking like Takara. And Takara is like one of my favorite <laughs> models from America's Next Top Model season. I want to say three. Takara. She's amazing. And then another one. Uh, where do... Yeah, I have the lyrics in front of me right now. Do you have the LP in front of you right now? Yeah, I do actually. That's so dope. I think you're maybe the only the second, only the second, maybe third. It depends if we release the tool episode. Fuck, I don't know. That's a notorious episode by this point. You're Ooh, maybe the second person to actually have the LP in front of them as they did the thing. Um, so that's cool as hell. I appreciate that. Well, I mean, I think about it and I think about like what albums do I listen to like all the way through? I mean, when you asked me like which album I wanted to choose, um, I went straight to my my uh, record shelf to look at them because those are the albums that I've like listened to the most all the way through. And this is the one that really uh, just, came out to me although it is kind of a random one and I really wonder how I got this 
Well, I know what you're talking about, because after my, uh, probably after my sophomore year of of college, which is when I had my first house in Isla Vista out of the dorms, I definitely came away from that with some records that I was like, where the hell did this come from? I know what you're talking about. Just, just for reference sake, just for reference sake, what, what were like the runners up for the album today? Like, I want to kind of give the listener an idea of like the, the level that this album is at. Like, what other ones would, would you kind of compare it to, or, or were, what were you considering besides this one? Well, I was thinking, I kind of put a list together, like, when you asked me initially um, what album I wanted to talk about, and I had Control by SZA on there, I had this album, I had... Um, that Foxygen album, like you're the 21st century ambassadors of something or other. It's a really long title. Con and Moccasins, Carmel, um, Catronata's 99.9%. Like there were, there were a lot. And then I also was thinking, I was like, do we want to talk about a classic? Cause then we could talk about like an amazing medley album, Abbey Road, or we could talk about like Pet Sounds or something. But then I was like, no, fuck white guys. Like, we're not going to talk about white men. I today. dig it. I'm going to stop you real quick. Uh, mention the Beatles and mention Pet Sounds are each a drink for you. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay, so um, two drinks? That is two. That would be two drinks. I'm going to say, uh, also say the word drink okay. is one, which we have each done a number of times. I'm going to take a drink with you for that. Oh, well, okay. Okay, here I go. Um, <laughs> but for real, I, I, uh, I didn't just want to bait you into that one. That was part of it, but um, yeah, for I real, know what the heck is that? That was like that was low hanging fruit, John. That was that was extremely low hanging fruit. Um, but that's part of the fun here. Um, <laughs> for what? real though, I wanted to talk about because it's funny. Pet Sounds is a record that um, I'm very familiar with. As a white boy who loves indie rock, I I love Pet Sounds, um, and I I saw I so many. Too. You love it too. Look, there's no problem with that. I, I there's no problem I, with being a white boy who loves indie rock. That's there's excuse me. There's no. nothing wrong with that. No, and I will say that like I do think Beach Boys are better than the Beatles, and I think they could have been bigger if the Beatles hadn't come in. Well, here's the, here's my thought on that. I think they could have been bigger, but the, the problem is uh, that was the internal dispute in the Beach Boys is like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mike Love versus Brian Wilson, right? Mike Love, uh, uh, stick to the fucking formula, right? Mike Love versus, which that quote is slightly apocryphal. Um, but, uh, versus Brian Wilson, kind of the misunderstood genius sort of that whole situation is slightly mis- misunderstood, but, uh, that was the inflection point that they were at. And Mike Love and some of the other guys were kind of like, well, let's stick to the fucking formula and keep writing songs about the, uh, the little deuce coop and the, uh, little surfer girl and all that shit. And, uh, we'll fucking be as big as the Beatles. Right. Cause at the time the Beatles were just doing, fucking chuck berry covers and shit 
you know? <laughs> uh, but then Brian Wilson's like, nah, fuck that. We're going to do pet sounds. We're going to do this crazy shit. So I don't know. Um, but what I wanted to say is, is pet sounds to me, I drew a lot of connections between pet sounds and this record, just in terms of the, uh, the soundscape and, um, uh, some of the instrumentals that you encountered. Do you want to, do you want to speak on that at all? Like what, what are your thoughts on like the instrumentals? Where, where do you think they were drawing from? What were their inspirations here? Um, I mean, you're the musician here. I mean, all what I can draw off of is my knowledge as a music listener and a, I did study music history and music industry. So I guess I like have some, well, like some credibility in what I'm talking about. I don't know. Um, but this album came out with, <clears throat> excuse me, this album came out with an instrumental um, version as well. And I on it, I think the instrumental version might have done better than the normal, like than the version with the uh, vocals over it. Um. But something about this, I mean, Ghostface Killa had kind of been venturing into using like live instrumentals behind him. And when he teamed up, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm like, <coughs> sorry, I promise I don't have COVID. <laughs> Editor's note, Sophia actually did have COVID. Her cough got worse and she went and got tested a couple days later and came back positive. Both her and her butler, Weston, have made a full recovery since then, but they still would appreciate your thoughts and prayers anyways. Stay safe out there, folks. That's all right. We're, we're more than six feet apart right now, so you can have COVID if you want. Okay, good. Um, he teamed up with um, Frank Dukes, who produced this album, and Frank Dukes has kind of worked with some pop record, like some more pop artists, like classics, like Kanye and Lord and Camila Cabello and things like that. But he also did a lot of work with Bad, Bad, Not Good and worked with them on releasing one of their first records out of Lex Records. And so I think he's kind of the person who put this all together. And something about like, it's almost like a 1970s, like, soul, psychedelic. It kind of has a kind I'm a sucker for reverb. It kind of has that, like, surf rock, plucky guitar. It, it, like, combines everything I love about jazz and then brings in this, like, modern fit like this modern side with the rap I mean it's like regardless it's amazing like to listen to just the instrumental album and then listening to the to the album with the vocals over it it's they're both incredible yeah I uh I was gonna say I I think that that is such a good um description of kind of the the soundscape on this album and the mixing of um kind of old and new vintage and modern um I want to say real quick, uh, mention surfing and uh, refer to an album made post-1990 as a record are both drinks for you. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to be drinking too. But the other thing too, I should mention actually to the viewers, Sophia is um, the first 
non-musician guest on the pod um but i will i will uh i will vouch for her here as a musician myself and say that i i do not have people on the pod unless i'm confident that they can speak on this subject in an informed way um so you can you can take what she says as fact here for entertainment purposes only, but also <laughs> every every episode disclaimer. Every episode is for entertainment purposes. Any mm-hmm. uh, any anything we describe here is for entertainment purposes only. We've never broken the law. We uh, we are totally clean. But yes, like yeah. she knows what she is talking about. I can vouch for her for that. I know. I thought about that. I was like, I never established my credibility as a listener, as a music listener. But um, yeah, I studied it. I worked in music. I don't know. I can, I have a different perspective, I guess. Um, I don't have, I'm not a musician besides like learning piano up until age like 12. And then I took like a quarter of sitar and a quarter of the recorder in college. So that's like all the music, like the, the instrument experience I have. I mean, that's more piano, sitar, and recorder than I play. So there you go. Um, I think it's more sitar and recorder than a lot of people have ever played. But yeah, that was just to graduate. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm 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 glad you came on. I I I like your different perspective uh, as a female, as a uh, music expert who's not a musician, and. Uh, I don't know. You're talking about a different style of music here that we haven't had a ton of on the pod. Um, I'm glad we're doing this. Um, let's move on to another question here. We've talked a little bit, uh, you know, kind of wide scope on the album here. Let's let's move down to a slightly more granular level. Um, what is your favorite track on the album? That's really tough because I was going through before before hopping onto this call I was going through seeing which songs um I liked and <laughs> I wrote down the ones I liked and honestly it is a majority of them so I'm just gonna say the ones that I like I love Sour Soul I love Six Degrees featuring Danny Brown I love Mind Playing Trick I love Ray Gun which features MF Doom I love food and I love, oh, and I, okay. Yeah, that was, that was my last one. And then I had a, below that, the one that I don't like, there's one song that I'm like, there's one track I'm not a huge fan of, but those five, and it's a pretty, it's a pretty short album. It's only 33 minutes. Um, <laughs> so honestly, like, I mean, <laughs> I, I can't like play favorites, but I mean, it's kind of like a melody. The album itself is kind of a melody and that it begins with this instrumental. And I think it's called mono and it mm-hmm. leads perfectly into the next track, Sour Soul. And it, and the transition is so perfect that it's almost like, it's almost like orgasmic. If like, it's such a perfect transition and it hits so well. Um, that I had to put, yeah, obviously Sour Soul. And obviously that's like, you know, that's like the, the uh, what's it called? The name track for the album. 
the yeah the title track or the yeah, yeah. The title track. so obviously that's great and then i th- and then i think after that six degrees probably is my is my second favorite probably just because that features danny brown and i and i love danny brown so much um yeah i mean he's interesting what do you, i mean i what do you think what do i think about danny brown is he, is he the guy like that beat up? Oh, okay. I won't talk about Danny Brown. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, well, what I think, I, I think you're totally right. I Looking at back at my notes here, uh, Mono, the the uh, intro, the instrumental intro here was super cool because it it, it really sets the soundstage. I am, a, I am a big fan of the short instrumental intro track to an album. Um, I've said it a million times on this pod and I'll say it again that I was raised on, you know, Pink Floyd and shit where you you sit down and you listen to the album. You listen to the whole album all the right. way through as an experience yeah, in and of itself. And, and uh, so, so hearing this instrumental intro um, into Sour Soul and I, I felt like Sour Soul too. My note on it is uh, Sour Soul intro to Ghostface Killer. It's like it's like the the first track mono wow. is like here's bad bad not good they're they're uh you know introing themselves it you can almost think of it as the symphony right like the the uh, first chair violin plays his A note and everybody tunes to him that's kind yeah. of intro and then here's wow. Ghostface Killer bursts onto the scene and and makes his presence known uh that yes. was super cool and the other thing i noticed too was the final track number 12 experience uh i detected was was mirroring some of the uh melody of mono it was a cool way to bookend it like i'm a oh, big yeah. fan of that too um making mm-hmm. it kind of this cohesive experience i think that's really cool and i think that's something that is lost on a lot of artists nowadays especially when it's you know just stream my biggest song or or this or that i I, uh, I really appreciate that when I see that. Yeah. I mean, like we, we talk about these things. Like, I mean, even in, when we were talking before about Abbey road and that these are, these are projects that are like perfect in themselves and that they have like a beginning and an ending and they're meant to be listened to all the way through. And in, because of that, I kind of like that it's a 33 minute album. I'm not a huge fan of albums that are, super duper long um and I know John we've talked about obviously about like what's what's like the best practice for a new and emerging artist these days in like the music industry and releasing singles versus albums and stuff and I know we've we've talked about that but like I mean we we both agree that like when you create something like this that's like best consumed all at once rather than in bites it's just like perfection and it needs to be, it needs to be released like that. Yeah, I agreed. Agreed. Um, which is also why I think it's cool that they decided to release the instrumental version too. It's like, it, it, that's such a cool way to do it of providing sort of this alternate uh, take on the whole experience too. It's, it's, uh, it's, um, yeah. To me, it's very much like music for the sake of music and and sort of, uh, it's just a cool way to go about it. I, I enjoy that. I like that a lot. I appreciate it. 
and now that I think about it, I think that the record um that I got when I when I got it on vinyl, it also came with a CD. So that's been like one of this like one of eight CDs that's been in my car for like five years. <laughs> so like the amount of times I've listened to this album with just it being in my car or like me choosing it directly it never gets old never your your car has an eight disc changer i don't know if it's eight it might be six Son but it, gun. i was gonna say I I've never seen an eight. that's i was i was impressed i know it's not eight i mean like that would be pretty cool i don't mean you don't see us like flexing our cd capacities anymore but um but we should. I mean, look, look. Unless you're, unless you're on a fucking what's it called? Title, uh, the shit you yeah. stream on Spotify, it's decent. Like it's fine, but it's it's not that high quality. Like CD, as of now, CD is the highest quality you can get. Unless you're downloading like wave files and stuff and listening to it on your lossless audio player. If you got the Neil Young, uh, Pono player or some shit like that. But uh, yeah. Anyways. I, I to me the soundscape of this album was so fucking cool. It like I said, it reminded me of of Pet Sounds. It reminded me of a lot of um, kind of sixties uh, like music scores. Did did you get that at all? Yeah, honestly, I do feel that, and especially with like the instrumental interludes in between, like some of the tracks, like there's Stark's Reality and Experience, like which are both instrumental which are instrumentals and like it kind of gives you the feeling that you're like moving along some sort of narrative for sure yeah it it reminded me like um like at times for instance like you mentioned the song six degrees that was a sick one that one to me was kind of surfy and kind of had a uh it reminded me of some of like the the ennio morricone like sort of uh spaghetti western sounds of the 60s yeah. like it was uh, that kind of dripping and reverb sound yeah i don't know I were, love, were there any other oh, it's beautiful it's kind of a timeless <laughs> sound it's it's a lot of guys use it now fucking uh you listen to, like king cruel or somebody like so many people yeah. use it it's it's like almost overplayed but it's like kind of not it's like uh yeah i'm such a sucker for it it's a great sound. That that's one of those things that's gonna date us like when we're old as shit and like kids are looking <laughs> at us like you just love this stupid, like drenched in reverb shit, this spring reverb, you fucking boomers, like I don't know. More um, reverb, please. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, okay, you know how you mix a song? Here's a pro tip for all the musicians out there. This is how you when you try to mix a song, you fucking drench it in spring reverb. You put a stereo spread on it, put a fat compressor on it, and you like boost the high frequencies and you're done. That's how you mix a song. That's it. It's mixing for dummies. Is you know, 50% of it is a shit ton of spring reverb. There it is. Um fuck, what was I gonna say? Okay. What okay, could you like what other 60s like maybe movie soundtracks does this remind you of? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know many 60s movies. Like, what about one that's kind of like... Okay, well, obviously James Bond. But that's given, right? Mention James Bond is one of the buzzwords. 
Oh, sick. Okay, I I feel like I'm not hitting your buzzwords, and I'm sorry. No, you've hit you've hit a good number. You've hit what? One, two, three, six, seven, eight. You've hit nine. That's actually really good. That's really good so far, actually. Yeah. Um obviously we have I'm sorry, like you you've hit eight. Uh, I I knocked one off for myself. Be- I one of them is use an onomatopoeia, and I I decided to uh, burn that one on the uh, James Bond guitar theme for you. So. I mean, yeah, no, that was that was great. And did yeah. you know that? Did you know that one of the um, one of the instrumentals tracks on Pet Sounds was written as a Bond theme? Really? Yeah, I which forget one? which one it is. I actually, it might be Pet Sounds because what are the what are the instruments? It's Pet Sounds and one other. Uh, let's go away for a while, right? Oh, I think are what they are. I think Pet Sounds was originally written as a Bond theme. It's like the working title was like, like uh, like Run, Mister Bond, or something. It was like, it was like a. Uh, tentative bond theme um cool. which is cool as shit i fucking love there's a really cool era of music uh that's like 60s film and television scores and i feel like this record is such a rare one that like captured that like i feel like there's so yeah. much low-key like uh there was the vaporwave movement like maybe like five years ago um not even was, like it was like two years ago Maybe it depends how how online you were, uh, how long ago that. <laughs> uh, no, you're right. That was like a year ago for me, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, no, but that shit uh, hit on such like a sick era of kind of like '80s. Like uh, the big one was fucking uh, Macintosh. Plus, they took like a Diana Ross song right. and just slowed it yeah. to like fucking like like 65 BPM and like pitch shifted it and shit. Like, yes. like yeah, they. They discovered such a vibey, cool, like, yeah. uh, thread of music and, like, uh, like took it to its, like, greatest logical continuation. And I feel like there's an era of music that is, like, late 60s, early 70s film scores that is, like, untouched. It, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, there's this artist, I guarantee you I've shown Weston this guy, is Arthur Verokai. Arthur Verify. Oh yeah, you know Arthur Verify. You know, for sure. Yeah. 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 He, yeah that's like 19, like early 1970s Brazilian TV music, yeah. but it's fucking yeah. incredible. And it's like on this yeah. level, I think it's like a similar vibe to this yeah. uh, album here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Now I'm just like imagining like the beginning, like the dun 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 dun. Do, 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 do. I'm just like imagining that to like a black and white like silhouette something like I can see it now yeah it's super nice dude I always want one of my dream projects was um I wanted to write the soundtrack to like a 1960s uh Italian unreleased like bond ripoff like cash in kind of ripoff film that was never released but like there was a soundtrack done for it and it like oh my god i i just that's such a fucking 
like I don't I know if that's that. ever gonna happen. I it, it's I a super that. sick concept, and it's it's sick because I could maybe get homies to like make art for it. Like, there's so much shit you could do with that, but it's like super fucking love, in depth. I would love to market that for you and release that for you because that sounds wonderful. It's just hard to get like shit that you record on your MacBook to sound like sixties. Like it's hard to it's hard to do that without any know. like analog equipment or anything. Yeah, because even now I was looking at Porta Studio, like uh, yeah, just shit from like the early nineties, like Porta Studios that use a cassette, and they're like three hundred mm-hmm. bucks for one that like actually works and is decent. Like, I, I, I damn, don't know, man. you buy like a reel to reel tape machine from like the seventies, and it's gonna be like hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars, and when it breaks. Good fucking luck fixing that yeah. shit because nobody fucking fixes yeah. those fucking things anymore. It, it's this whole guy. No, I don't know. Anyways, it's a, I, uh, well, anyways, we're going to move on. We're going to stop talking about my shit. <laughs> Sophia, you mentioned earlier that you had a least favorite track on the album. I want to hear about that. Um, yeah, my least favorite is Street Knowledge. Um, How come? Which features. I don't know. I I don't know if it's that I think it's like I think it's kind of cheesy. And like it's kind of it's kind of gimmicky to me. Who does it feature? Like um it features an artist called Tree, who I am not I really am not that uh I don't know much about that artist. But um it's kind of yeah it's like it's a song all about you know how best drug dealing practices and something about it's just a little gimmicky like the uh i guess i'll quote the the um chorus at street knowledge we're putting these books to the test we're putting two to the tre- two to the chest for those who rock best Food for thought, spitting out verbs for sport in the streets. You better walk the walk or come up short. And I'm kind of just like, I don't know. It's just not, just not a fan for it. I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I feel it. First of all, uh, for those who rock vests, rocking two to the chest is not going to do shit <laughs> because they're already wearing a vest. Uh, Two of the chest not gonna do shit. Um, secondly, in GTA Five, we're talking about GTA Five online. We're not talking about real life. Okay. Uh, street knowledge. It's funny you bring that one up because uh, in my notes here, street knowledge. Uh, I I didn't put a note for it. Yeah, funny it's enough. just not very super fun. super weird because I I uh, every single song has something written for it but funny enough for some reason street knowledge kind of slipped under my radar there so um yeah. I feel that it's it's weirdly um I can't comment on why because again I, I must have sort of zoned out for that one but it um there's something about it that I guess is not quite uh, compelling yeah it's just a little too gimmicky for me um I mean, I mean, all the songs kind of deal with the same themes, but this one, this one just is a little too far for me. Um, other than that, like, they're all fantastic. I really, like, did have a hard time 
thinking of like, okay, which one did I like the least? Because when I listen to this album, I truly like do listen to it from the beginning to end because it's just one of those ones you can easily squeeze in, you know? Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. No, I feel that. Yeah, I again, because even sort of subconsciously, this one didn't really resonate with me. I don't know. It's uh, it's hard to say because you're right. A lot of these do deal with similar themes. And yet uh, I was able to come up with something kind of that stood out for me for every single song except that one. So it, I don't know what it is. That one is a little less sincere. Um, maybe Tree. I don't know who Tree is. I'm not familiar with that artist, but maybe Tree. Tree. Who the uh, has... fuck are you, Tree? True. Tree. Like I don't, I don't want to like start beef here with Tree, but like maybe Tree has never put two in someone's chest before. Tree, I don't know. In GTA Five Online, I don't. Yeah, know. I don't. I don't want to speak for Tree. I don't want to speak for Tree either, but it, I don't know. Who knows? It's uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, I wanted to bring up something else. I noticed on the next song, Ray Gun, uh, Ghostface Killer mentions Iron Man. Uh, that's something I wanted to talk about because Ghostface Killer's record label is called Starks Industries, and another song on this record is called uh, Starks Reality. Um, oh wow! Uh, which which was another really cool kind of orchestral. That one was the most. Yeah. That one had the most orchestral. Like most of them, it was pretty straightforward. It was just yeah. bad, bad, not good doing their thing. Like right. just their kind of live recording almost. And then this one had this orchestral thing going on. It was an instrumental one, uh, but it was Starks Reality, and then uh, Ghostface Killer Starks Enterprises is or Starks. What does he call it? Yeah, I think Starks Enterprises is his That's record label. And then there's he mentions Iron Man and track nine. I noticed yeah. a number of times on this record, there's kind of these recursive self-referential things that are Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, it it's like maybe a bit more clever than than it might initially let on, which is kind of cool to me. I yeah. I have no idea about that. Do you know if Ghostface Killer is like into Iron Man or like what the 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 uh the origin no of that is? I have no clue. But yeah, yeah, he does talk. He's like Iron Man Stark got the good, and then in another one he's saying, "Yo, where's Starks?" But yeah, he does mm-hmm. talk about that. I wonder if he's is Iron Man Marvel. Yo, you guys can edit this out, but I've always wondered about like rap, kind of like weird connection to like superheroes really? and that of like, um, like even like Wu Tang, like Shaolin, and like why is it that like most of like the nineties and like early two thousand rap like sound bits are that of like old superhero cuts oh, yeah, or that of like you are right. old like samurai yeah, shows. Like liquid sword. Right. Yes. That that's a that's a great question, dude. It's it's uh yeah, like what is what is the connection there? It's interesting because like now too, it's like if you go on if you go on YouTube and look up like fucking uh you know fucking uh, there's the classic like chill hip-hop beats to study and smoke to and it's like a fucking video of of, like goku like riding on the fucking nimbus cloud it's like there's the fucking anime kind of like connection it's like similar to the kung fu shit it's like there's kind of this um i'll play like sekiro and like Mm -hmm. That and the, yeah, like well, that's obvious because like Wu Tang and the Shaolin, you know, they, all those sound bits were like actual like old school. Um, I forget who that really famous uh, director is. 
I'm bad. I forget too. I forget like too. That's You're right. They got a lot of stuff. Right. From. That's like Shaolin style and Tiger style and oh. all that. Yeah. But like, yeah. Like I... with MF Doom and all that. And like those guys, all those connections to like Marvel. Yeah. Okay. I know, but even thinking about no, but even thinking about like Kendrick Lamar and Black Panther. Kendrick Lamar did the soundtrack for Black Panther. Like there is somehow a tie. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting. It's like it's probably like as simple as like. It's cool as fuck. I don't know. Well, there there is a theme. The the one thing I'll say is there is a theme in a lot of um in a lot of uh I mean a lot of superhero shit, a lot of animes too. I mean, I, it's hard to say a general statement for anime because that's actually such a broad term. But like, there's like this theme of kind of the um like how do you say it? like kind of almost like a rags to riches type thing uh not quite rags to riches but like you're the chosen one right like goku uh fucking comes to earth from uh whatever fucking planet and he's like you know kind of doesn't know what he's capable of but then he like finds out later and he's uh kind of has this like naivety but then he like figures it out and there's uh like i feel like a lot of superheroes too are yeah. kind of like um you know, like fucking Batman, he's he's okay. raised in the fucking uh, uh, sewers and shit, and like I Superman, same thing. Superman is very analogous to Goku. Like he falls to Earth and he's raised by humans, and he doesn't know. Like he's he's different. He feels like an outcast, but it's actually because he's he has like this special thing in him, and it's it's like you kind of see like uh, these guys like on Staten Island back in the like nineteen eighties and shit, the height of the fucking crime wave of new york city like um you know it, it's almost like you know they're, they're in the worst possible situation but yeah. they have this this skill of this rap like they right. have this uh gift of like lyrics and they can you know maybe see uh parts of society that other people don't put together it's kind of you can kind of see that a little bit yeah i'm, I'm full-on talking out my ass i have no idea no, this is I mean... just me i, I don't, i'm not gonna speak for the uh the black community in, right. in 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 New York. I I don't I don't fucking know. But I mean, I, you can you can always tie it back to the plight of people of color, and I mean, I definitely think you can make the connection between super superheroes, like maybe the underdog, and I mean, obviously the the rap genre deals with a lot of themes yeah. like yeah, big egos, hyper masculinity, um power i mean grab your stout i'm gonna pour <laughs> some more uh liquor in my drink real quick okay but then i want to but then i want to hear more about like masculinity and power because that's something i did want to bring up but i'd rather have you bring it up <laughs> Uh, before we we broke you were you were talking a little bit about um some connections you saw to like uh this music superheroes and kind of the hyper masculinity aspect that's really compelling to me i i don't know speak on that i mean like i mean you could do like you could do a whole podcast on just gender and rap and 
also just race and how that has I don't I don't want to speak out of term about every about anything, but that's how I've felt about every word I've said on this fucking episode, man. I fucking, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here in Newport Beach right now. I fucking bro, I <laughs> yeah, go for it. Okay. So I don't want to speak out of term about everything, but the history of hip hop and rap and its success commercially with major labels and what we see as quote unquote urban music and how you know like people are consuming this music from black artists but it's being produced by these you know white record label heads um there's a lot there's a lot to unpack in there and honestly, like, I would say there's a documentary that I watched um, in college that tackles kind of all of this stuff. And I'd recommend it for anyone um, who who's interested in, in learning more about it. It's called Hip Hop Beyond Beats and Rhymes um, by Byron Hurt. And I'm pretty sure he is a ex professional football player um and and basically like he he like totally he made this documentary and it basically just like explores like within hip-hop like these like the dangers and also like what this genre has propagated in terms of like masculinity and sexism and like violence against women and homophobia and like especially violence against trans women um things like that and I like again I don't want to speak out of term and I don't want to speak for anyone especially because I'm a white person so but there's so much to learn there and um I mean obviously we can learn a lot by listening to the music of black artists um but then you also have to remember like who are the gatekeepers of these black artists, you know? Like, who are the people at the top at the end of the day who are, like, approving this music to be released? You think right. about those things. And right. I think... Like, yeah. I mean, I'm just, like, going back to this album. Like, yeah, he is... It is kind of interesting to... I mean, we all know Ghostface Killa. We expect maybe something a little, a little bit more old school, and and maybe we do expect these types of themes from hip hop and rap. And as a woman, I can say a lot of things about how these themes have led to like the further disclusion of women and anyone who's not male. Um, in these conversations but I don't know at the same time it's like there's a reason these themes are thematic and it comes down to systematic inequality and um reasons why people of color have been held back uh from achieving what we think is the American dream. I mean, I think the American dream is kind of a fallacy at this point, right? 
Right. But it's like, it's important to learn about these things. And like, especially in pop culture, like you're consuming this music and it's important to understand like these themes on the micro level in terms of like what white music executives want from artists of color and what they expect from artists of color. But then it's also important to understand these like thematics and that they are like maybe crucial to the person of color experience and um they have a lot to I don't know there's like a, there's just a lot to unpack there and it takes a lot of there like, is you're, 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 absolutely, <laughs> you're absolutely like, right I yeah, yeah because it there it, like this music and that experience like contains multitudes and I feel like I feel like one of the one of the failings of our modern uh, sort of like uh, the lens that we view media through. Um, uh, I feel like one of the failings is that we view it through this binary of like, uh, is this correct or is it not? And like, I feel like the intention there is very good. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I, I do try to be politically correct in my language and the things I do. And I understand why that's important. But at the same time, I feel like there's somewhat of a... Uh, movement to be like ghostface killer like said a bad word so therefore we shouldn't listen to ghostface killer but it's like i don't know man like there's more there's more going on there i feel like there's more like when a when a when a self-proclaimed like uh white nationalist comes out and says a bad word that's pretty fucking bad but like when ghostface killer comes out and says that i feel like there are different circumstances there like i feel like we have to understand the context one of my previous guests uh uh came on and was discussing a descendants record in fact the first descendants record and we discussed the fact that there was a uh there was a homophobic slur used in one of those songs um yeah but we talked about it and we talked about why did they say that? And like, it came out in 1982. What was the context? Why did they say that? What did they mean by it? And it's funny that other songs on that same record kind of contradicted the worldview of like the immature kid using that sort of language. So it's kind of this, like there, there are multitudes, like you have to understand that people grow and learn and change and come from different backgrounds. And there's sort of a, uh, like like there's more to it than just uh i don't know again as as a as a as a dude sitting here in newport beach it's hard for me to uh to uh proclaim what is correct and what is not but uh, yeah to me to me it's there there you have to take a little bit of context into it too i right. I, I i and i feel like you know hip-hop music has been eternally popular since it first came out even though uh, during the 90s and stuff, there was a huge rally against hip hop music. You know, for so long there was such a rally against hip hop music, but it right. it persevered and and it continued to be popular. And it it almost speaks to the uh, sort of timeless nature of um, you know, even though the lyrics taken at face value can oftentimes be seen as uh, very very vulgar and like inappropriate. Um, for a lot of people, that's how they speak in like day-to-day talk. And it's kind of like, you know, this is the language of like the actual working class people of this country. You know, it's like, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, same as you, I don't want to comment on it too much, but I feel like there's a certain level of, um, 
there's nuance there that a lot of people right and left uh, won't look at the nuance and just want to make it a uh, us versus them sort of uh, how many how many uh, how many tallies can I put on my fucking uh, computer mouse today for people I've canceled fucking online uh, or whatever the fuck it is you know what I mean right right yeah it's definitely like it's a nuanced situation and it's it's hard to navigate sometimes. Um, but I think the best thing you can do is just like educate yourself and be aware and like, you know, take things with a grain of salt. Um, but also understand that, you know, everything is harder for a black person. And so, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, even thinking about, creating this album um who knows like maybe he felt like he needed to stay in this you know this window of themes and i don't know there's just so much (laughs) there's so much to dig into there and yeah educate yourself donate money yeah, exactly. Like, be be fucking smart. Be fucking educated. Don't spout your fucking mouth off about... Like, look, me and Soph are sitting here and we fucking... Like I said, I can vouch for Soph's credentials and, like, like we're sitting here having, like, listened to a lot of music, studied a lot of music in it at an academic level, all this shit. But, like, fuck ac- academia. Like, that's... I, I don't know, man. Like, we're two people who, like, care about this shit. That's the fucking yeah. point. We care about this shit. And we're both sitting here. You've heard us both in this episode qualifying and, um, uh, 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 you know, disclaiming ourselves and our own positions. Just, I don't know, man. There's nuance to it. Uh, if you think you understand it, you probably don't. Probably, I don't think there's a single person on this earth who understands it. But we're all trying and that's what matt that's what matters i think that is like what we need more of uh within the scene and uh you know just that kind of understanding of like we're all adults here and we're all gonna fuck up from time to time and none of us nobody has a complete understanding of this so we're gonna be like trying the best we can but we're gonna still fuck it up and uh yeah but we're still trying it's like it's we're we're just trying to fucking make it through and uh do the best fucking thing we can here um let's zoom way back in Let's zoom way okay. back in. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump into the trivia section here. Actually, before we do that, is there any is there anything else you want to say about the album? Um. No, I mean I love it. Listen to it. Listen to it. All right. Listen to we're, it. Vote, vote, and then listen to the instrumental. Yeah, absolutely, man. The instrumental is is that fucking shit hits hard for me. Um, mm-hmm. All right, we're gonna jump into the trivia section. It's time for trivia. All right, question number one: What year did this album come out? Two thousand fifteen. That's right. February twenty fourth. To be exact. Oh shit! Extra points for that. I'm gonna take a drink for that. I did my homework, John. I'm unemployed. I have nothing else to do. I feel that. I feel that. 
I'm I'm working full time for redefining records right now, so I feel that. Are you really? Um, yeah, working full time for redefining records and Delta oh, Dagger yeah. Music Limited LLC Enterprises, uh, all rights reserved. Um, <laughs> check it know, out. Check it out. Brow high. <laughs> Brow high, 2006. In case you're curious. Um, question number two. What was the alternate version of this album that was released at the same time? The instru- Do you mean the instrumental? That's exactly what I mean. Bing, 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 oh, bing, yeah. Right. Fuck nice. yeah. Nice. All right. Where did Bad Bad Not Good get their name from? I have. I honestly, I honestly don't know. I'd love to know. All right. Keyboard player Matthew Tavares was working on a TV show at the time. It was a comedy TV show and the working title. Jesus Christ, excuse me. Oh, my God. The working (laughs) title of the TV show. (laughs) Are you (laughs) right? No. No. Now. I'm current I'm currently I'm currently driving my car right now, so I hope I'm not <laughs> I'm I'm operating machinery. <laughs> I'm I'm operating a forklift right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> keyboard player Matthew Tavares was working on a comedy TV show, uh, and the working title of that TV show was Bad Bad Not Good, and then it never came out, so he made it the name of the band. Wow. That's pretty good, good, not bad. <laughs> Bro, you know, I've been saying for a long time their band should be called Good, Good, Not Bad because to me, they're, I I mean, hey, controversial opinion, I think they're pretty good. They're good, good. They're good, good. Not bad. I love they're them. They're good, good, not bad. They're and super I've fucking seen, good, dude. I've seen them live a few times and it's just like, any honestly like any artist coming out of canada especially toronto like i think i don't know i think i think I'm, i need to move to toronto honestly i think that's where it's at right now who else is in toronto rush well, we... <laughs> begin <laughs> the day with a friendly voice okay rush you remember, and who remember else? saw rush together we went to a rush concert oh, f- oh we actually oh that's right their 40th yeah. anniversary tour oh. what? <laughs> that was so oh my fun. god that, that was, was such like- a sick concert no that was so good that was, that was the one concert i've been to where the line for there was no line for the women's restroom and a <laughs> long line for the men's restroom and i've never felt so powerful like being like there's no line like i just get to like waltz into the bathroom hey that's that's proof that's proof that uh there yeah there's no such thing as male privilege there's female privilege in the world <laughs> if you're a, if you're a if you're a connoisseur of uh prog rock really there is female privilege toronto's got like awesome artists you have like daniel caesar charlotte j wilson i mean obviously you've got drake <laughs> That's right, Drake. I forgot about that. I don't think Mac DeMarco is from Toronto. Matt Mac DeMarco is from he's from a different part of Canada, huh? 
But he he moved to the slums of Shaolin. Did he? He did. He's he was living in New York City for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, but then I he came out here because we. I know we've seen seen him a bit over the past year, but I mean I don't know. Who knows what Max Marco's doing these days? Yeah, fuck that guy. His shit's lame now. Just kidding. His new shit's actually kind of cool. Um, fucking okay. Next question. Next question. Where did Ghostface Killer get his name from? Mm. I don't know. It was from the 1979 kung fu film Mystery of Chess Boxing. Oh. Interesting. Maybe you should watch that tonight. I know, man. I'm going to be fucking turnt after this shit. Maybe I'll put that on. Um, fucking A. All right. Last <laughs> question for you. What borough of the Big Apple is Wu-Tang Clan from? Is it Brooklyn? Staten Island. They're from Staten Island? Ghostface Killer. It's like Ghostface Killer, Rizza, and uh, I think Old Dirty Bastard are all from Staten Island. Is Staten think... Island not part of Brooklyn? I guess it's not, right? I guess it is a fun little borough. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have absolutely no idea. I have. If you asked me to draw a picture of, of New York City on a map, I would just draw like a fucking big old oval and just title it New York. I have no goddamn idea what that shit looks like. I have. And I don't care. I'm from Southern California, motherfucker. That's it. End of story. I have family from Staten Island, so I am no I am no um stranger to Staten Island, but I didn't know that. The slums of Shaolin, baby. Wow. Alright. I'm back. Hi. We heard you pee. Ah oh, shit! Just so muted the. Yeah, it was a healthy stream. Nice the healthy stream. All right, good. I I can skip my. I can I can cancel my uh, checkup. Health. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna cancel my checkup then. I don't have health insurance right now. That works for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back. We're going to do the uh, fast-paced questions right now. I'm going to ask you uh, several questions here, and you're just going to fire off an answer as fast as you can. All right? I'm scared. Don't be scared. These are the fun ones. How should someone listen to this album for the first time? They should smoke a doink. Oh, yeah. Get Stony Baloney. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, blast this shit. You want good speakers, but yeah, I would say just like smoke a joint, relax, and listen. Maybe get up and dance if you need to, if you feel the urge. Um, next question: 
Have you ever listened to this album on drugs? Yeah. Well, like marijuana. Speak on it. I mean, um, I always recommend to dabble um, in marijuana when you listen to music. Um, I personally have not done anything other than that while listening to this, but, um, I mean, there's nothing better than smoking a joint and listening to an album, right? Cocaine's a hell of a drug. drug. Yeah, it depends what album you're listening to. I mean, like, Um, I love, like, smoking a joint and just sitting down and listening. Like, I don't know about y'all. Have you ever smoked a joint and listened to Pet Sounds? Hey, let's reel it back. We're, we're Okay, we're doing a tangent on Pet Sounds now. Have you ever smoked a joint and listened to Pet Sounds? Yes. Have you ever cried while listening to Pet Sounds? No. No, I've never- All right, well, then, then okay. Then you don't understand the, the male struggle in this world. What? What do you mean? I'm going to stop talking. Next question. <laughs> What do you think they were smoking when they made this album? Or doing, or drinking? What do you think they were doing when they made this album? Um, well, I mean, it's, tr- I mean, you've got some Canadian, um, you've got Canadian musicians, and they're white, and they're, like, around our age, so. They probably smoke weed, like, three times in their life. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, you probably have, like, a pretty steady low of of marijuana um i mean that's it's such a chill album i can't imagine anything else other than like i mean i don't know you I, know, I, yeah i feel I it i feel it i personally i think you're right i personally believe that like all you need is and like you're good i don't like i i am one for that and nothing else but um i don't know yeah that's all good it's what it's whatever you want to say you can completely make up a story if you want doesn't matter um these questions are all just fucking you can say whatever the fuck you want you make shit up just whatever you want to say um what was i gonna say fucking uh um fuck i don't remember okay um if this album, if this album was a beer, what kind of beer would it be? I feel like it would be like a sessionable IPA. Yeah, just hit them back to back, but they're still somewhat complex. It's like, it is. Can I say my opinion real quick? Yeah, what's up, Weston? Yeah, Weston wants to say his opinion. <laughs> Another highlight. It's the Miller High Life. There we go. The champagne of beers. Specifically that 32 ounce. The 32 ounce. There we go. Weston, we haven't introduced Weston yet, but Weston is one of my oldest and dearest friends from fucking, uh, we met in elementary school, I guess, but became friends, I guess, more in middle school and shit. Uh, We spent many an afternoon listening to six sick music and oh, uh playing call of duty and uh whatever the hell else uh high school age was, kids do we played f- played football together and fucking uh went to that influence. <laughs> yeah. that's right now. <laughs> yes weston was the was the bad boy 
last time was the bad boy. Maybe I'll get an episode one of these days. <laughs> I know, dude. I'm gonna have to bring you on That's as fucking uh, as long as you can still preach your credentials as a K Jazz guy. I'll fucking for sure bring you on, dude. Sophia's episode is for the ladies. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm so happy to be the token female. Um, yeah, Sophia, I was going to say, how does it feel to be the first female guest? Also, how does it feel to be the last female guest? Brainstorm another. You know, it's one honor. No, I've already talked to another. We're going to have more female guests. We're going to at least talk to I swear I know another girl in my life. I'm always, I'm, I'm, I'm always down to come back on. I have, I could talk about so many, so many things. I could do it all. (laughs) I could be a different girl if you needed me to be. All right, back to it. Back to the questions. All right, ready for the last three? Yes. Would you get intimate to this album? yeah definitely the instrumental definitely the instrumental yeah fuck yeah i feel that um but i don't know maybe i'll say it i feel like we have weston thinks we have word (laughs) i uh i one of my claims one of my favorite moments of my whole life so far is that um do you remember the band? I may have told you about them. They were like an Isla Vista kind of. Uh, yeah. They were kind of like Bad Bad Not Good meets Frank Zappa meets like West Montgomery meets. Yeah. They were like super out there. And uh, I once uh, took. What was it like Tylenol PM or something? But then I stayed up because this chick wanted to come over oh my God. and I fucked her like fucked up off the time all pm while blasting the she was like she was like telling me like she's like put on your music like put on your shit and i was like no like i'm not gonna put on my <laughs> like that's fucking like i'm not gonna look man like i'm not bono i'm not gonna fuck to my own music oh my so i put on the God. i put on the, the album and i fucked like fucked up off time all pm too album I'm probably gonna cut all of that out. That I don't crazy. know if that. Wait, that's hilarious though that she was like, put on your music. <laughs> I know she was trying to be all like sexy, and I was like, you, you don't weird. understand. You don't understand. Like you, you don't understand like the artist. Like, <laughs> fucking, like, you don't get it. You fucking ignore me. Okay. Uh, I'm probably gonna cut all that out. Okay. Our numbers. What? You don't, you <laughs> I was, saying, I was laughing that you said I'm probably going to cut all that out. Well, maybe I'll leave it in. I don't know. Anyways, uh, next question. Are numbers... Let me phrase it differently. Are numbers invented by humans or are numbers inherent in nature? Invented, I'd say. Speak on it. I mean, like, we've been able to find relationships within them, right? Have animals been able to find those relationships? No. Yeah. So are they inherent to nature? I heard a yeah. I want to hear this. No, 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 no. I, I don't think numbers are inherent to nature. I think we've found, like, reason and relationships and like 
we've discovered. I don't know, but it's also a thing of our creation. Same with like time, right? Yes, speak on time. This is a question I've been meaning to like, okay. Within like two, within a couple weeks from now, every listener will hear this question. I've used this question with so many fucking people so far, but when the first episode comes out, people are going to hear it Mm -hmm. and they're going to be like, thinking about it right they're going to be thinking about their answer so i have to change it soon and my replacement question has to do with our perception of time please speak on that well from what i remember in like what i studied in college i remember learning about time as a concept and that we started taking we started keeping track of time when it came to a work week and being able to know when things are going to arrive like when shipments from other like imports are going to arrive in the ports and things like that so that's why we created time and then also because we had the work week people need to know like what time to arrive at work and what time to leave work so it's all just like I mean everything comes back to capitalism right yeah, so let me ask you this, because my my prototype question, the one that I've been, like, uh, spitballing around here, because, like, by the time this episode is released, uh, the viewers, the listeners will have heard, like, fucking six or seven episodes where I ask the same question. Right. So, like, whoever I interview next, they're going to know the cat's out of the bag, <laughs> you know? It's not going to take them by surprise. So the replacement question I've been thinking of is, um, let's say you uh, walk out into the woods, you chop down a tree, and you uh, forget your axe out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Okay. You come back, and the axe head has rusted. Right? right. Now, did the axe head rust because time has passed? Or does the rusting of the axe head make you think that time has passed? The former, the um, the it rusted because time has passed. Right. Really, though. Well, if you think, (laughs) because then I'm thinking back to time as the social. Right, because no, it's just the rusting of the axe. Because the rust has more axe on the the axe has more rust on it than when you left. It makes you think time is well fast. because it's had more time being exposed to oxygen and. According to who, me and you? What if you bombard it with oxygen particles in a very short amount of time? Then it might rust quickly. Then it might rest quicker. So, so then, how do you fucking measure time that way? I don't know if I'd measure it by the rest of an hour. <laughs> it's not. It's n- there's no. It's no right answer. I want you to s- fucking <laughs> workshop this with me right like, here. Like I think about. <laughs> I've had an engineering major and a physics major on my program, and each one of them, I delivered that first question to them of like, our numbers are created, discovered. The physics major was like, obviously, numbers are discovered. And he went in. He's a PhD physics major. He's pursuing his PhD. Was like, obviously, numbers are discovered and went in on why numbers are discovered. Next episode was an engineering major at MIT. And I fucking asked him, are numbers created or discovered? And he was like, bro, 
obviously numbers are created. How the fuck could you think otherwise? And he oh. went in on it. There's no, it, no, there, I've had some insanely qualified, insanely smart people comment on this and give opposite answers. Like there is no, just speak your mind, us, whatever the fuck you want to say. Us as humans, we like try to find meaning and logic and everything when necessary, like when there isn't necessarily, when there isn't necessarily like our, like there isn't reason for everything. Um, I think about, like, um, how people kept track of time, um, before clocks were invented, and I think about, like, candles, and, like, they would melt candles, um, and, like, when, once a candle hit a certain point, it meant a certain amount of time had passed, or, like, an alarm clock was a candle that had, like, a little metal thing in it so then once it melted down to that metal thing it would fall and hit a bell to wake you up um i don't know man i mean it's all we're all just like creating we create meaning to help give us like something to hang on to at night right so that we're not just all spiraling uh but i i mean i definitely do think i mean i agree in that like time and like a clock and like the nine to five yeah was created like because like right now it gets dark at like 4 30 p.m so like what the hell kind of clock fucking you know and if you've ever been to Europe, it'll be like fucking nine o'clock at night and it's like goddamn bright right. out, fucking you're... daylight out. Like, what the hell is that shit? Nobody, stupid Shakespeare never told me about that bullshit in his stupid <laughs> fucking plays. You know, that didn't, he didn't prepare me for that. So what the it's hell? Um, I don't know. You're asking the big questions, John. Um... I saved these for the end intentionally. So we're super I mean, drunk I'm gonna when we talk about thinking about, about this for the rest of the night. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not too much. I don't want it to ruin your night. Okay, last question. Does a man with one lung get more high or less high off of a single bong rip? Less. Because okay. it's less surface area to absorb the THC, right? Yeah, but the entire bong rip is going into that one lung. But I don't think you could i don't think one lung can withhold what two lungs withhold yeah should a man with one lung even be taking bong rip <laughs> good question <laughs> i mean if i was your doctor i'd probably tell you no but uh i mean weed cures cancer hey here's the thing they give they they will prescribe weed to a uh, terminal cancer patient in palliative care and that means that 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 means weed cures cancer it's true That's what that means. you heard it <laughs> if you have terminal cancer they give you weed because it cures cancer okay well that's it man that's all of my trivia that's all my fun questions um that is all I have for you today. Soph, do you have any uh, parting parting um, words for us? 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be the first and hopefully not the last female voice on this podcast. And I would love to come back um, and talk about music more. Hell yeah. Um, I'll tell you this. I don't think you're going to be the last female voice. I've already, I'm trying to talk to some people into coming awesome. on here. We need some more token females. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, I know, I know. We need more different perspectives. But, um, no, thank you for coming on, actually, though, because you, uh, the viewers don't know this, but you, like, straight up, like, volunteered to come on. Like, I posted the first episode or whatever. And you were like, fucking have me on. Yeah. Have me on. So it's like, I appreciate you like wanting to come on oh, and do yeah. this thing. Um, you did provide a, a really unique perspective. Um, it was something I noticed, especially at the first couple episodes. Uh, I needed some like more, I don't know, some more disparate yeah. points of view from different people. Again, like I said at the beginning, there's nothing wrong with being a white dude who likes indie rock. If you're a, a white dude who likes indie rock, you want to be on the show, hit me up, like, for sure. But also, uh, I don't know, it's nice to get other people on here, too, and get, like, different kinds yeah. of music. Part of it, for me, like, totally totally selfishly, is it forced me to listen to music that I wouldn't have listened yeah. to before. And uh, it's nice. It's nice just getting, like, different perspectives on here. It's fun. We have fun conversations. Yeah. That's all it's about. So Yeah, there you I'm go. so happy. I'm so happy to have been on here and thanks for having me.